Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. The Fighting Max Crosby's are about to take the field. Eastern Michigan versus Kent State. Little uh, little action action about to happen. Not mad at that at all. So that's a little football game that we'll have on in the background. But we got a lot going on on the show this afternoon. Coming up at 3.30, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. will join the show to talk all things UNLV. Uh, DeMond just let me know that we have some uh, John Fogarty. John Fogarty tickets that, uh, and I said that with the, I said that questioning myself just because I didn't want to get his name wrong, but uh, he did perform at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, and he'll be performing on Friday. We have a pair of those tickets that will be given out before the show so is over. So what you think of the show? And uh, I didn't pay attention. Uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, I mean, I heard the music in the background during the during halftime, but uh, I was trying. I think I was. Well, who was? I was talking to somebody. Shocking, right? I was talking to someone. I was walking around the press box talking to someone, but I was I was hearing. Uh, his 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 great uh, sounds in the background. Let's put it like that. His tunes, right? Uh, the pipes. The pipes were going uh, of John Fogarty at Allegiant Stadium. So, uh, yeah, it's not going to be the one that I'm going to stop and have to watch. Like when Nelly performed, it was different, right? When Nelly performed, it was like, okay, I'm going to stop down and watch. You had just seen him the day before. I saw him two days before. Nelly had performed on Friday at the M Resort, and then we saw him uh, at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. I thought that was really cool. And that's why I was questioning John Fogarty. I didn't realize that he had a residency in Vegas because I was thinking, man, he's going to be here all week. <laughs> he's, you know, that's a, that's a long time to hang out just to do a show on Friday, but he does have a residency uh, here in Vegas. So that's cool. So he's going to do his thing. Uh, we got tickets for you. We'll give out at some point during the show. I didn't really pay attention to Iggy Azalea either when she performed. I didn't really pay attention to that. I, uh, I actually... I did more paying attention to Cassie Soto, who was really into it. Cassie was, like, locked into it. She was recording it. She was singing along with it. And I just kept looking at her and saying, no, Cassie, no, Cassie. And she's like, what are you talking about? This is the greatest halftime show ever. So Cassie was really into it. Me, not so much. She said that about Iggy? Yeah. I mean, different time, Q. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's not, you know, Iggy is not my bag, right? When Ludacris performed back in the uh, last year, great. That was awesome. Thought that that was really cool. Uh, that was in the Bears game, though, so we know that the results of that game weren't very good, so that wasn't fun. Uh, when Lil John performed Week 18 last year, that was great. You know, that took me back to the club days. All they need to do now, and anyone who's listening when it comes to Raiders and their, uh, you know, their, their um, entertainment that they have at halftime, all they need to do is get Ursher, Luda, and Lil John together. That's it. That's all I need. You get all three of those cats on the same stage together at the same time, you're good. Ursher, Luda, and, and Lil John, and we're good. And Damon, you'll be in there and saying, yeah, you know, you'll be doing all that. You'll be good. I'll be dancing, too. I mean, you know I got the moves. Yeah, you got something. <laughs> <laughs> you got something. 702-365-9200. Speaking of moves, Raider Fish in Berkeley, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Uh, hey. hey. It's good to hear you guys talking that music. Hey, <laughs> I just want to remind well this is a old i'm from an old old era okay i'm approaching my sixth decade of raider fandom believe that or not and there i come from man there's a drill that the defenders okay and we call it don't no, don't jump on the name it's called the snatch catch but hold on let me explain okay <laughs> don't hit that button on me to snatch catch so peep it 
you scatter 10, 20 pound dumbbells throughout the field. Some are going to be on chairs, some are going to be on the grass, some are going to be on a folding table, different height. Now, the defender has to run timed and snatch many of these dumbbells as possible with their weak hand. That's the snatch part. Now, the quarterback is trailing the defender 12 yards out, and as soon as the defender snatches the dumbbell up and throws it, the quarterback pelts him with the ball chest area, and the defender that can run that whole gamut, snatch all the dumbbells, and catch at least two passes gets to pick the music and what drills they don't have to run. Okay, so that's one. And two, we call it the fruit punch. Ball carrier, okay? He has a cantaloupe or cassava or honeydew, whatever it is, whatever you can afford because we didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> and the defender, again, with the weak hand, has to tackle that ball carrier, but with the weak hand, either punch that melon out or punch the melon and break the skin of the melon. Now, the only reason why I'm mentioning all this because we need to maybe, one, build some camaraderie on defense. That's number one. And number two, uh, we need some turnover drills, okay? Yeah. We, we need to generate turnovers. I yes. think we win this week with turnovers. Uh, step up, step out, holler, just win, baby, or maybe when you go out. Raider, let's go. That was definitely Raider Fish in Berkeley. That call was generated on the mean streets of Berkeley, California. That call right there was generated from Telegraph Ave. And I appreciated every minute of it. Now all he's got to do is ride on over or walk on over to Blondie's and get him a slice of pizza, and he'll be good. Maybe go to Rasputin and listen to some music while he's at it. I can appreciate that. And you know what's funny about the whole call is they do turnover drills. They do turnover drills. They're not like that. You know, but they, I mean, they're more advanced as far as what they're using. They don't have to use the cantaloupe or honeydew or any of that stuff. And I don't know if they, you want your players running and snatching dumbbells and getting pelted with the footballs these days. I feel like there'd be more guys out on the injury report uh, if that happens. So, uh, but I understand, where you're, I understand where you're coming from. Whatever it takes, you know, when you want to break that call down, he's spot on. Whatever it takes to figure out how to generate more turnovers, how it has to become muscle memory. That's, and that's what I was saying when we were talking before we had Arnie Stapleton on. The Raiders need guys that have natural instincts to create turnovers. And, you know, that's why when Raider Matt called and was talking about Trayvon Merrick, and he, he has ability to create turnovers, but he just doesn't create them consistently. And he didn't create them consistently in college. And I felt like he was going to have an opportunity given the scheme that he was putting in and everything, that he was going to have the opportunity to do that, and he just hasn't done it. And when he has had the ball in his hands, he hit the ground. You know, he only had that one interception a season ago. Uh, Nate Hobbs is a guy that I feel like has instincts to create turnovers, right? He just has a nose for the ball. Guys that know how to get the ball. Like, what did Charles Woodson always say? And I know he's a Hall of Famer, but he said, see ball, get ball. You need more see balls, get balls. That's what you need. You've got to have that. The Raiders' defense doesn't have to be lights out. It doesn't. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like there's hope for Patrick Graham's defensive scheme because he's never really had a lights-out defense, but he has had defenses that have created turnovers and gotten to the quarterback. And right now, I don't see those guys. I don't see those guys. Even if, you know, I, I thought he was going to be able to put them in better position, and especially with the addition of Chandler Jones, I thought, oh, man, 
That, that uh, front end is going to be solid, and it's going to make the back end that much better. I know Jerron Harmon is a guy that has a nose for the ball, and so I'm thinking there you go. If you get some pressure on the quarterback, you got Jerron Harmon out there. He's going to create some turnovers. His film study, uh, you know, they call him the closer for a reason because he goes and makes plays. And, hell, you remember that Arizona Cardinal game when, uh, when Kyler Murray threw that deep pass to, to Hollywood Brown, and Jerron Harmon didn't have an interception, but he blew that play up. That's instincts. That's making plays. He made the play that had to be made. Now, the Raiders didn't seal the deal, but if they win that game, then, hey, that's a great play by a playmaker to help them win the game, even though it wasn't an interception or a turnover. Well, it was a turnover because it was fourth down. So, I mean, it still turned into a turnover. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's so Raider Fish, in a roundabout way, I absolutely 100% know what you're talking about. Jason and Maryland hit us up on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and then we'll go back to the phone line. Q, for me, I don't see nothing from, uh, from Patrick Graham's defenses. If they were playing the way the Giants did last year against us, I'd have no issues. However, this defense is so bad. I don't know what Patrick Graham is doing. Secondary had question marks. I thought they might be better than people thought, but I was completely wrong. D-line is bad, linebackers are bad, and now can't cover. Secondary can't cover. I don't know what they can do. And I'm saying is, I'm saying, is this the personnel uh, that Pat- Patrick Graham got? Nothing. I'm at the point where I'm from the show-me state, <laughs> really from Pasadena, <laughs> Cali. I just need to see it. Right now, it looks like he can't coach. If I'm being real, I, I watch tape, don't lie. We're getting beat by the same plays over and over again, and I don't hear really nothing from impressors, so I've lost all confidence in the dude. I just, went, I just want them to be average at this point between 15 and 18 points al- in points allowed. Uh, I just really don't understand how a defense can be this bad for 20-plus years. Uh, fix it already and I had to edit it a little bit there but uh yeah and that's what I'm saying I'm looking at the personnel as well and I'm looking at the way they're getting beat and I'm just thinking that the only answer I have is that they don't have the guys that he wants and I know and I've said it myself okay well if you don't have the players then whatever they do do well put them in that position but at the same time they're just they're 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 not they're not making plays and that's what he's asking them to do is make plays and it's just not happening so uh, I totally understand where you're coming from on that text, and, and it doesn't look good at all right now. And it it's it's uh, it, it gives you it gives you pause and make you say, okay, yeah, I I see it. It looks bad, right? What is he going to do? How is he going to get that thing turned around? I I mean, honestly, I just feel like you have to have the people in place to be able to do what you want to do. And when I go back and look at what he's done in his last three stops before the Raiders, you know, being able to have a team that create 22 turnovers, 22 turnovers, and 16 turnovers and double-digit interceptions each year, I think that's a big deal. Damon, you went back and looked at Eric Allen's, uh, you know, interceptions for his teams that he had when I told you what he said. He said, hey, uh, our goal every year was at least 20 interceptions. And you went back and looked at the numbers. What did they look like? His first season as a rookie, 32 interceptions. His second season, Eric Allen led the team with eight interceptions, 30. Third season, the dip, 19. Fourth season, 26. And his fifth season, 24. Those Eagles teams were stacked. I mean, you obviously had the Buddy Ryan led for a few of those years. Right, but man, for sure. No doubt. I but mean, it, so, but it just goes to show it's possible. It is. Because no, he said it is. And I was like, man, 20, that seems a little high. So I just had to go look for myself. Well, it seems like a little high because we're used to what the Raiders have been doing the last couple of years, right? Three and six. I mean, that's nothing. I mean, when you look, like I, I looked at the at the stats last year for the team, and when you see the guy who led the league or lead, led the team in interceptions was uh, Casey Hayward with one. Ooh, right. Ooh. I mean, and that's all. That's all it was. It was. It was three guys with one. That's nothing. You know, I mean, you've got to be able to create more turnovers than that. And Gus Bradley's defenses. I mean, you can go and look at Gus Bradley's defenses uh, outside of Seattle, and he never he never really creates turnovers, but. Man, that's just something that they've got to find an emphasis for. They've got to be able to create turnovers 
consistently. If they can create turnovers consistently, get that ball back to the offense, you're giving, the, uh, you're giving them another chance to get into the end zone, put some more points on the board, get points off turnovers. That's big. you got to get points off turnovers. Let's go back out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Who we got up next, Damon? 918 Raider. 918 Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, man? How are you guys? Chilling, man, chilling. Uh, man, um, I just wanted to touch on the um, like a little bit of the disconnect between like Carr talking about how there's uh, you know people not giving all uh, their hundred, and then uh, McDaniel's being like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Um, that that's a I don't know if that's something that he didn't totally pick up from uh, and change from the Denver days, but like you have to be hearing the the um, I don't know. He knows. He, he knows. He just. He's not. I mean, he's not going to tell us that in a media session. He knows what's he going on. He doesn't say. He doesn't say anything. It, like he gives us nothing. We're just like, okay. Well, where are we going? Like, do you right. have this? Because a record shows you don't. Um, and then you're cutting players that are. They're not doing the job, but they're. They're a body. Like Le- Leatherwood. Like uh, sure, he wasn't doing great, but he, he's. He's still. He could be third. He could be a third trainer. And it's that's another what, that's, body that we have. It's funny that you mentioned Leatherwood, and I appreciate the call. Mentioned you, funny you mentioned that. Courtney Cronin, I work with her a lot on ESPN uh, National when I do shows on Saturday night. We do game night together. We were uh, texting back and forth on Monday about Alex Leatherwood. He is currently not on the, on, on the field at all. He's, uh, third, he's third on the depth chart as far as the offensive line. He was out with Mono for like four weeks, first of all, and then he's done absolutely nothing. And she's saying right now everyone in Chicago is saying that was the worst pickup that a team could have is picking up Alex Leatherwood off the waiver wire and picking up that contract for nothing. So I know what you're saying. Alex Leatherwood could be at least a body, but right now in Chicago, he's not even a body. So, you know, there's that. And, you know, guys that are getting moved on from, like T. Billy, he got moved on from. Guess what Houston did today? They moved on from T. Billy. Jonathan Abram, he got moved on from. Guess who blasted him in the media this week? Rich Basaccia blasted Jonathan Abram. For getting special teams penalties on sun on uh, Sunday, right? So uh, again, I understand what you're saying, cutting bodies, but the bodies that are being cut and released and let go, they're not doing anything, anything. T. Billy just got released, and the one guy that has Jonathan Abrams back the most blasted him for having stupid penalties. That's what he called him, stupid penalties on special teams. So. You know, I always like to go back and look at what former players are doing because everyone always says, well, why'd you get rid of that guy? And I'm not saying you specifically. I'm just saying people in general will always say, well, that guy, he probably could have done this, that, and the other. Uh, not really. You know, if, if think about this with T. Billy. Go back to T. Billy. If he couldn't get on the field in Houston and play and contribute, knowing that they have a super void of talent and that's the second time around for him in Houston, I mean, it kind of tells you all you need to know. Alex Leatherwood can't get on the field at all. As a former first-round pick, he's, he's on the depth chart third. Third. Former first-round draft pick is third on the depth chart in Chicago. Can't get on the field. So, I mean, there's that. Uh, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to uh, Robert in San Jose. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Robert? Uh, thanks for taking my call, Q. Uh, that's our issues that we have too many just guys on yep. the team in our drafts for the last 20 years uh, outside of a handful of guys. Uh, have been booty outside of Colt Miller, Crosby, and Renfro. I can't really think of a guy that's earned a second contract in the last ten years, uh, and that just it just kills you. But my my question for you is, why doesn't 
anyone who leaves Bill Belichick have success. If you go back to Charlie Weiss and you run through McDaniel, Brian, Patricia, Romeo Cornell, Brian Flores, where you think he got a great deal or not, uh, they never succeed once they leave Boston. But Bill Walsh's assistants have succeeded. They've won Super Bowls. The assistants of those assistants have succeeded and won Super Bowls, which is why I, I consider Bill Walsh the greatest coach of all time, even as a Raiders fan. What's going on in Boston where it's not translating where these guys go elsewhere? Good question. Good question. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. You know, it's funny. We had uh, multiple guys on uh, yesterday. We had Jeff Howe on from uh, The Athletic, and I asked him that specific question. And, you know, he had he had a very lengthy answer, and he said, you know what, I, we could talk for hours on that because a lot of the – guys get out of there and they try to do what Bill Belichick does. They don't try to be themselves. A lot of those guys, that's all they know. Like Josh McDaniels, when he was under Bill Belichick the first time, got the job in Denver, that's all he knew was Bill Belichick. So that's why he went and did a lot of Bill Belichick type things. He, to his credit, has said, I'm not trying to duplicate what we did in New England. Yeah, there's things and concepts that uh, I would like to bring here to the table, but I'm not trying to duplicate it. I'm not trying to be that exact guy. But I do think a lot of the people that haven't had success, one, is because they've tried to, to duplicate Bill Belichick too much. Two, they also went to awful teams. That's the other thing that you got to think about, right? Bill O'Brien, he had some success in Houston. He had a lot of success early on, and then they gave him too much power. And when they gave him all that power is when they, everything went, went to hell, right? I mean, he, he won the, the, the division, what, four out of five years? I mean, he did a really good job until he didn't. And when he didn't is when they started giving him all that power. Then he started wheeling and dealing and started training players. So, And I don't have – I mean, I could probably in the commercial break pull up Jeff's answer so you can hear it specifically. But uh, that's that pretty much in, in a nutshell, you know. But it was it was a pretty lengthy answer, Damon, about, uh, you know, about guys because that was one of the, the big questions that we asked him. And I thought he gave us a great answer yesterday. Yeah, he did. And also when it comes to the – the player, or excuse me, the coaches that move on. And you say that Josh McDaniels, he was with Bill Belichick, and that's all he knew when he went to Denver the first time. He only spent one year outside of the organization after that. He mm. was an OC. So I do think that it is more of Josh McDaniels bringing some of that, I hate to say it, I know, but that Patriot way, right. making this Patriots West. I know people want to say that. But you learn, you take, you you know, you coach from what you've learned, and it works. So that's I, with I everybody. That's with that's with exactly. every walk of life. You are. I I learned Your so product, much from. Yes. I, look, I learned so much from from my former program director David Smoke. He's been on the show before. I learned a ton from him. I don't do everything like him. I don't agree with everything that he does and has done. But I learned a ton from him, <laughs> right? I mean, and I try to put my own twist on it. But I think that's what we all do, right? I think we. You know, you can say that about your parents. You learn a ton from your parents. You just try to put your own twist on it. We all say that we're not going to be like our parents, and then we are. We're all spitting images of them. Yeah, you only get criticized when it doesn't work. I mean, look at every like Andy Reid learned from Holmgren, where it's just it's all the, like the coaching tree. Coaching trees wouldn't matter. Like people wouldn't make a big deal about it if it didn't lead to success. Where you could trace back the coaching tree, but obviously with Bill Belichick's coaching tree, it's just not working out so well. So then when Josh McDaniels, as we've seen so far, when there's some stumbles, there's a bad there's a bad record. So it's just hey, why is he trying to do everything just like Bill Belichick? But if the Raiders were even at 500 right now, it would be hey man everything that he's brought over from the Patriots it seems like it's working out so far and, and you know honestly I don't think that he's done a whole lot you know like the, like the Patriots as far as you know bringing in some you know like making the move for Devontae Adams that's to me didn't feel like anything like the Patriots would do 
right? I don't feel like they'd give up a first and second round draft pick to bring in a guy like Devontae Adams. I don't feel like that they would uh, extend all their homegrown guys like they did with Crosby and like they did with uh, Hunter Renfro and like they did with Darren Waller and and uh, and uh, um, Derek Carr as well. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of guys. How, many, how many guys do you see walk? in New England. How many guys do you see when it comes time for them to get their contract extension, they end up walking or they trade them a, a year early like a Chandler Jones when he was in New England? What did they do with him? They traded him. Traded him to the Cardinals and he was still in his prime. He wasn't Chandler Jones this year, Chandler Jones. He was still in his prime. Yeah, exactly. They, they've coined the phrase when people talk about the Patriots, better a year too soon rather than a year too late. Yep, exactly right. And that I don't have a problem with that either. I, I think that that's actually a really good <laughs> way of thinking, right? And I know that nobody ever likes to, to do that or wants to hear that, but I think that that's a great way of thinking. You know, I'd rather get rid of a guy too early. Look, look what they did. They let Trent Brown walk. They let Trent Brown walk, right? They won a Super Bowl with him, let him walk. The Raiders signed him to a massive contract. Obviously, he underperforms. He ends up heading back to New England, plays, whatever. They let him walk again. He almost signs with San Francisco this past year, and then they don't sign him, and guess where he ends up? Back in New England. New England's like, go, man. Go. We're trying to kick you out the house. We're trying to kick you out the house, and you like that kid to come back with more baggage. You keep coming back. You're like the kid. You're like Bella. You keep coming back with another baby, you know? The Jeez. way you were doing the hand motion. Go on now. Get. That's, that's you guys can't see, but the way he was moving his hands, that's what I – go on now. Get. It's like that cat that stays around your house, right? Because you fed the cat one time. I would never do that, but people do. Feed the cat one time, then the cat's always showing up at your doorstep. It's like my mom used to always do. We used to have a cat that used to come around our house all the time, and I'd hear my mom outside, get, get, get. My mom would be so mad. I'm like, get it, mom. Get it. Get that cat. Get it. I don't like that thing. Yeah, 324 is the time. Good stuff right there. <laughs> we definitely appreciate all the feedback. Vinny Bonsignor is in the Raiders locker room right now. He sent over Denzel Perryman. He sent over Josh Jacobs. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But coming up next, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She'll join the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. And we are efforting Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll join the show to talk all things UNLV. They picked up a big-time victory on the hoop court at the Thomas & Mack Center last night over 21st-ranked Dayton. That's a big win. Uh, the football team, not so much. They lost on last Friday night at Allegiant Stadium versus Fresno State. And, uh, man, they need two wins to become bowl eligible. And, uh, well, the season just keeps on rolling by, man, and they're not picking up those dubs. So definitely uh, want to see the Raiders go ahead – or not the Raiders, excuse me, the UNLV go ahead and get that done. Uh, the next game up is against Hawaii, so that should be a win. But who knows what happens after that. So Paloma Villacana will be joining us in a few minutes. I do have the injury report from Wednesday for the Silver and Black. Also has some sounds that Vinny Bonsignor sent over from the Raiders locker room. We definitely appreciate that. Both linebacker Denzel Perryman and running back Josh Jacobs, you'll hear at some point in the show. Uh, looking at the injury report right now for the Raiders, running back Amir Abdullah, he missed with the illness, so he did not participate. Brandon Bolden, running back, uh, had a personal day, did not participate. And Rocky Asin did not participate either as he had a personal day. Guys that were limited, Devontae Adams with an abdomen injury. And that is and also Luke Masterson with a ribs injury. Colton Miller with a shoulder abdomen. Denzel Perryman with a hips and ribs injury. And Sam Webb with a knee injury limited. All those guys were limited. Uh, Devontae Adams, 
Luke Masterson, Colton Miller, Denzel Perryman, Sam Webb, guys that participated in full, Derek Carr with the back, and Jermaine Illuminor with the elbow injury. Joining us now on the phone lines from Fox 5 Sports is our good friends Paloma Villacana. And, Paloma, we do appreciate you as always. And usually we start off talking about the Rebels, but we got to start off talking the Rudden Rebels. Uh, those mm-hmm. guys got it done at the Thomas & Mack last night, defeating the 21st-ranked Dayton team that came into town. How electric was the atmosphere? I saw a big-time crowd there at the Thomas & Mack. Yeah, I mean, it was the first first win over a non-conference opponent that was ranked at home for the first time in eight seasons. So wow. the running Rebels feeling good. I saw a video of, you know, the whole team, uh, you know, in the locker room throwing water on Kevin Kruger. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it means a lot to Kevin and, and the community for his squad to start off 3-0, defeat a ranked opponent, you know, at home. Um, you know, just a way to start the season. He has so many new faces on the team. I think he has like eight new players this season. So to get them all clicking early and, and to start the season off undefeated, um, and especially just taking down a ranked team with a brand new squad, it definitely means a lot. And I know the city is really excited. You know, the Lady Rebels are 2-0, and men's basketball is 3-0, and uh, you know, UNLV football looking to close the season strong, just two wins away from a bowl game. So there's a lot of momentum and excitement around UNLV right now, so that's that's exciting. No, it really is. And, you know, going back to the hoop team and what they've been able to do uh, defensively, I mean, we talked about it after the Southern win. I mean, they, they've been killing it on the defensive side of things, creating so many turnovers. How How – like surprising is it even for Coach Kruger that they're all bought in defensively as early as they are in this season? It's, I mean, they're three and zero already based off the strength of their defense. Yeah, well, when I was sitting down with with Coach Kruger, we talked about last year's squad and and you know the the outcome they had last year, falling you know short in the Mountain West Championship in the quarterfinals to Wyoming, and you know what hurt them last year was you know the team really didn't play defense. As, as much as Kevin would, you know, his expectations, what he wanted for the team. So he told me this offseason, you know, that that was what they were really recruiting were guys who can play defense, big guards who can play defense. And the transfers they brought in, um, you know, from, from Power 5 programs, that, that's their skill is, you know, you know putting defense first and, and playing hard on defense. And I think, you know, we're starting to see that in these, these three wins at home. We're starting to see, you know, a big defensive effort, which is maybe something the Running Rebels lacked last year. We knew they could all shoot. We knew they had a lot of star talent on the offensive side of the ball. But on the defensive side of the ball, I think this is where this team is really locking down. And that's the number one thing that Kevin says in all his postgame pressers. You know, we like to hang our hat on defense. So to actually see it in yeah. live action against a ranked team at home at the Thomas & Mack is, is pretty exciting. Yeah, they're hanging their hat all right. That's a hell of a hat that they're hanging after what they were <laughs> able to do last night against the 21st-ranked team in the country. Again, Paloma Villacana is our guest from Fox 5 Sports, joins us each and every week at this time. DeMond's got one for you. When it comes to basketball, I saw the clip that you posted on Twitter with Coach Kevin Kruger, and he says, hey, man, the city wants to get behind UNLV when the mm-hmm. team's good, you know, wearing all the UNLV apparel, supporting the running Rebels. Do you think if the running Rebels are going to be able to sustain this run, that, that it'll be electric for the city? Because in my mind, for my money, I think that the running Rebels are the most important team in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, that's Kevin Kruger's goal. I mean, he, he has Lon, his dad, right right next to him, you know, right behind him uh, through this whole thing. And we know what Lon Kruger's done in this city. So to have Lon Kruger just right behind him, able to coach him and mentor him and, you know, lead him to a new season, that's, that's really important, too. But, 
you know, when the running rebels get rolling and, and, you know, that that they start on a win streak that that can only be more momentum. And that only helps the lady rebels, UNLV football, all the athletics that UNLV. Um, But I know the city, they're so passionate about the running rebels and they want to see the running rebels succeed. And, you know, a lot of people are rooting for Kevin Kruger and his dad in this new squad. So um, there's just a lot of excitement and, and to have players come out and execute and, and for Keyshawn Gilbert to step up, I mean, he's only a sophomore. I keep asking, you know, I keep asking Coach Kruger, you know, you guys don't have, or, you know, who's the guy this year? We know Bryce Hamilton was the guy last year, and he was, you know, the guy for a few years at UNLV. I keep asking Kevin Kruger, is there anyone you see at practice that's, you know, kind of just perked your ears? And he's like, you know, it's all effort. You know, everyone's kind of effort by committee right now, but... Elijah Harkless and Keyshawn Gilbert, they put on a show last night. So I, I'm trying to, you know, kind of turn my attention to this Oklahoma transfer, Elijah Harkless, that, that played, you know, and spent time with uh, Lon Kruger and now Kevin mm-hmm. Kruger, too. Yeah, EJ and, and Keyshawn Gilbert are actually two guys. I wrote down their name just because I wanted to ask you about both of them. I mean, they, they, they did put in a hell of a performance last night, but they also seem like guys that this team can really lean on, right? I mean, when they need a, a big shot or a big defensive stop, it feels like to me, Paloma, that they can get it done and kind of count on those guys to get it done. Yeah, and that's what I've been trying to figure out. You know, this is a brand-new team, and, you know, with the NCAA transfer rule, it's kind of hard with college athletics. You know, we're, we're, we expect to see a brand-new team every single year for UNLV football, the running Rebels, Lady Rebels, doesn't matter what sport. You know, there's so many new faces with this NCAA transfer rule. So, me as my job, I've kind of just been scouting this team, saying, all right, who's going to be the guy this year? You know, who is going to get it done on both sides of the ball? And it seems like the transfer from Oklahoma, EJ Harkless, Keyshawn Gilbert is a dog. He He's just a dog on and off the court. So I know he's going to bring it every night. Luis Rodriguez, you know, all, all the new the new faces, um, even David Mawaka. I mean, he's he's just so explosive out there, too. So it's exciting to see how this, this new group is going to mesh and, and kind of jowl and find their chemistry. And so far, so good. 3-0. There you go. All right. Is it too soon for me to be thinking about March? <laughs> I mean, you did answer the call and say, go Rebels, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Damano, you always want to jump the gun, man. You want to talk about in football. You want to talk about Mountain West Conference yeah. champions. Now you want, and then you want to talk about, uh, you want to talk about a Heisman Trophy winner and Doug Brumfield. <laughs> now you want to talk about March already. Can you at least let the process play out, brother? Right. No, Q, I'm too excited. A lot okay? of games. A lot of games. <laughs> there is. Paloma, in all seriousness, though, how much can they build off that victory last night? I mean, that's the 21st ranked team mm-hmm. in the country. They looked a little yep. slow. They looked a little tired towards the end of the game. Like, the trip, you know, the overtime that they had faced earlier kind of was wearing on them. But, I mean, they, they took an L to UNLV, and UNLV earned that one. Yeah. Are, are you talking about UNLV football? No, the the basketball team basketball, still. Basketball team. Yeah, I was like, wait a second, one second. Um, yeah, so <laughs> with the running Rebels, just talking to the guys who are returning this year, like like Jordan McCabe, um, you know, he, he said, you know, there's, you know, unsatis- he's unsatisfied. You know, they lost in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Championship to Wyoming in, in a close game. So he told me March Madness or bust. Like March Madness or bust, the team wants to play in the NCAA tournament. They want to go far in the NCAA tournament. Jordan McCabe said, you know, he's only played one game in the NCAA tournament with West Virginia. And he was like, yeah, it was cute. We played one game. It was a bubble in Indianapolis. So he's never really experienced the NCAA tournament. And I think that's the goal of this whole team is is not only to make the NCAA tournament, but go far in the NCAA tournament. And, and Kevin Kruger, I mean, if he has, he has his players, he has his coaches – 
Um, and if they can play, and, 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 you know, it's so early in the season and it's non-conference. So right. they're only going to get better with, with time and, and, and live action experience. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where this running Rebels team goes this year for sure. Paloma Villacana is our guest here from Fox 5 Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Now I want to turn our attention to the Rebels. Uh, they lost on, on the football field to Fresno State on Friday night. Next up for them is uh, Hawaii. There's only a few games left. they got to get to six wins to become bowl eligible. Uh, first of all, while we talk about Hawaii, how happy are you going to be to get to Hawaii and get out of this cold weather we got going on here? So it was really cold this morning at practice, and I just checked the weather in Honolulu, and it's like 85 degrees and sunny. So I'm like, all right, okay. I'm excited that we're headed to warmer weather, but it's such a quick trip. You know, we're going to fly in on Friday, Friday afternoon. We'll play the game on Saturday afternoon, and then we, we fly right out. So I do have some friends and family that live live in Honolulu, so I'll be able to kind of quickly say hi to them. But we're flying in and flying right out, and I think that's that's the whole point. Marcus Arroyo wants to make sure that this is not a trip, it's not a right. vacation. We're not going to go tour the island and you know do all that fun stuff. You know, we're here to you know beat the Rainbow Warriors, and um, you know the energy at practice this morning was awesome. I mean, right? I mean, maybe because it was cold and the guys just wanted to get through it, but right. um, the energy was really great this morning. Everyone is fired up, you know, full speed. Um, this is also the healthiest. I've seen UNLV football maybe all season long. I mean, there's not a lot of guys out right now. There's maybe one or two guys out right now, you know, and in the entire team. So um, UNLV is looking healthy, the healthiest I've seen. I mean, they were even banked up at fall camp, too. So um, to see a 100% full, full healthy team, they got to win this game on Saturday against the Rainbow Warriors, who are, you know, like 2-9 and and have lost four straight. Right. Oh, man, it sounds good already, but here in <laughs> Vegas, we're considered the Ninth Island. We call ourselves the Ninth Island. How many players on this Rebels team have Polynesian descent or are actually even from Hawaii? Yeah, there's a ton of Polynesian players on, on both sides of the ball, um, but there's three players that, that are from Hawaii, grew up in Hawaii, um, played ball in Hawaii, and um, it's Lee Fatanu, the center, Kilanahe Mendiola Jensen, who's a DB, and of course, the, the sophomore quarterback, Cam Friel, they're, they're all from Oahu, went to school there and, and grew up playing alongside you know, Tua Tungavailoa and Marcus Mariota and, you know, all the greats that came out of Hawaii. So um, it's going to be a lot of people at this game because these guys have like 10, 11 siblings. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I want to meet your family at the hotel. You know, I want to come say hi. And they're like, you're going to meet a village. Like there's going to be like 40 <laughs> of us in the hotel lobby. And I'm like, nice. I believe it because that is how the Polynesian culture is. So a lot of guys saying, you know, this, this, this game is so much more than a game. It's for putting on for their culture, putting on for Hawaii, putting on for their family. And then it's funny because the guys are scouting, you know, the other team and they're like, we know the whole roster, you know, we know the whole coaching staff, you know, we know, uh, we know every starter out there. So it's, it's going to be, it's always a chippy, you know, ninth Island showdown because these guys know each other, grew up with each other, played ball with each other. So It'll be fun on Saturday. So I know Hawaii's not very good. Like, there's no let's make no bones about it. They're not very good, but that doesn't mean they can't win a game. And and UNLV's defense has not been playing well. That you know, that just to be honest about it. I mean, last last Friday night against Fresno State, uh, they gave up a lot, right? They they gave up more than they should have. So what's going to be the key to this game on uh, on Saturday for UNLV to come away with the victory? I think offensively, they need to just do a better job of executing on third down. You know, just. I mean, they have five field goals 
yeah. against Fresno State. And right. Coach Arroyo said, you know, each each one of those should have been seven. So just, but you know, I have to give my hat off to to Fresno State's defense. You know, they were pressuring Brumfield all night long, and you know their defense was playing lights out against UNLV. Um, so you know they're not going to face that same defense in Hawaii. So so maybe that works better for for UNLV's offense, but. I'd like to see, you know, Doug Brumfield, Aiden Robbins, all his receivers, you know, just click offensively. The way they started their season, just playing lights out um, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, against Idaho State and North Texas and New Mexico, you know, those high-scoring games. That's what I want to see from from Doug Brumfield and, and, and his offense. But, yeah, like I said, Fresno State's defense was playing lights out. They were bringing the pressure, the most pressure Brumfield had seen all season. So, if Aiden Robbins can get rolling and, you know, we can see Doug Brumfield, we can see what he does with his legs. He likes to run the ball, too. So um, I'm hoping for a high-scoring game. UNLV is an 11-point favorite. So. There you go. There you go. Well, I'll tell you right now, they get this victory on Saturday, and then uh, they got the showdown with Reno to get that mm-hmm. sixth win and be bowl eligible. That'd be mm-hmm. a great way to finish off the regular season. Well, Paloma, yep. before we let you go, uh, what you got coming out on the Reb Zone? Busy, busy. I mean, we got the basketball season rolling. The Lady Rebels are rolling. UNLV football is rolling. It isn't November. That's just how November is. It's always mm-hmm. there's, you know, the Golden Knights, the Raiders. It's it's <laughs> popping. It's popping right now in Vegas. But yeah, we have a lot on the Reb Zone. Um, you know, I've noticed a lot of the players doing off the field work too, sneaking in a lot of community service around Thanksgiving. Um, one of the players, one of the DBs, Jordan Morgan, he did some community service at some local uh, elementary schools, just giving back and, you know, bringing raising canes and playing, you know, flag football with some elementary students. So it's awesome to see that, you know, UNLV's, you know, fighting so hard during the season, training so hard, but they're also spending some time with our, our local kids and our local schools. So that's, that's awesome to see as, you know, the football season is winding down. So on the Reb Zone, I'm always trying to show more of the personalities, kind of pull back the layers and feature the players and coaches. So that's definitely a fun part of the Reb Zone. But, yeah, I mean, put on the gas. We're, we're <laughs> going full speed. I know you are. Full throttle. Dip your head into a tank of gasoline. Light it on fire. It's go time. Well, <laughs> Too funny. Paloma, thank you so much. Enjoy your business trip. You know, your business trip to Honolulu uh, yeah, and right. back. But that's right. <laughs> enjoy that. Yeah, thank you. Th- thank you. I appreciate Bye. you. See ya. There she goes. Paloma Villacana right there. Fox 5 Sports. Dimash, she's got a business trip. Going to Hawaii and back. Just Man, up, and, up and back. Just, just I'll take that business trip. I mean, I think we all would take that business trip. I don't care if the jet never stops running, right? I mean, you could just <laughs> land and keep that thing running. As long as I get off and get right back on, I'm good, right? You know, just smell the air, take a couple pictures. All right, turn <laughs> back around. Let's go. It's still, it's what, a five-hour flight? About five hours, I think. Well, I've never five. been, so you tell me. I think I think it is. <laughs> I think it's about five hours. I want to say we had a direct flight back. Well, from Maui, we had a, a direct flight back about five hours. Yeah, all right. So Demond's like, I don't care about your flight. Give me away some tickets. John Fogarty, let's give out some tickets right now. Call number nine. We got a pair of tickets for you this Friday night. You want to go see him in concert? He was at Allegiant Stadium, but if you missed it, don't worry. We got your encore performance. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Austin Gale from The Ringer will join us. Talk all things silver and black. Self-proclaimed lifelong Raider fan. So want to get his thoughts on the season. He has the team currently ranked 31st on his power ranking. He used to work for Pro Football Focus. Now he's part of The Ringer. I was listening to some of his podcasts earlier today. So just kind of pick his brain, see what he feels like is going wrong and how this team 
right now could start to improve and how they can improve moving forward to the future. Still want to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. He had some really good sound bites, uh, really good presser I thought he had earlier today. He said a lot. Uh, I know a lot of folks are always trying to, uh, you know, get the insight on what he's saying, and I thought he kind of rolled out a lot today. So uh, we'll do that coming up in the next hour as well. We've got a lot to get to in a little bit amount of time. But uh, Vinny Bonsignor, he's inside the Raider locker room uh, at the Raiders HQ right now as they have practice. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, they spoke at the podium. Well, inside the locker room, Vinny and others were able to catch up with linebacker Denzel Perriman. I mean, everybody talks about this team. That's right. <laughs> much better than a record. You guys are 0-6 in one-score games. I mean, what is it that isn't allowing you guys to get over the hump? Just got to finish. We just got to finish, man. That's what it comes down to uh, every game. Uh, man, don't get me wrong. You know, that team do make plays, but we just got to finish, man. Uh, we started out pretty hot. Like I said, those the last two quarters that you know, really come down to it. Because I saw you a lot on the sideline, you kind of like the coach of on the sleigh with the headset and everything. What was that experience like for you? You know, you couldn't be part of the game, and I'm sure that was something. Sadly, I haven't had that experience yet. Sadly, I had that experience a couple times. So, I mean, when I'm not playing, you know, I know, you know, what it's like to not play. Um, And I know it's like, you know, just sit there and watch the you know, from inside. Like, you see a lot of things that these guys don't see. Like you said, you're trying to get a coach a little bit. We'll have to matter with that. Yeah, you seem kind of like a motivator on that side. I've been motivating you on them. So, that's, just, that's just me. Denzel. Yeah, just giving out to the sideline when you were there, that you were trying to maybe get them riled up a little bit, rally the guys up. Uh, it was more like just trying to keep everybody coming. Yeah, like, you know, stuff started to go bad. You know, a lot of emotions started to flare. Yeah, so, just trying to keep everybody coming. That's like kind of the main thing. Like I say, you know, we're not where we not, we're not where we like want to be right now. Um, and we know we're better than our record. Right like I said, you know, just for the main comments. When you see the guys like Derek, Devontae, what does that say kind of like from the captain's message that the team is trying to get over some of this? How do you work through that? I don't know, like just seeing Derek like, get, like, get emotional. Like, I mean, that just goes to show like, you know, how much like, it really comes to it, you know, how much it really means you know, to us. Like I said, man, it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating that, you know, I'm not saying that we don't have like guys on the same page. So just you know, guys, just do a little more. Just do a little more. Denzel Derek did say that you know some conversations needed to be had. You know, leaders to players, players to players. As a team leader yourself, did you feel like things needed to kind of be addressed? Derek, I mean, I, I didn't hear the whole like thing, whatever. But like I said, I mean, my, I like you no. Know, for me personally, like, as a man leader, I just know like we just all need to calm down. Just yeah. football. Like I said, like most is obviously up there. Like nobody likes where we're at right now. I don't think nobody want to be where we're at right now. Like I said, just all just need to calm down. Just play football. That's it. Denzel Perryman right there in the Raiders locker room. Always the calm. Everyone needs to calm down. Just play football. Uh, you hear him talking about the um, the emotions that Derek Carr was showing and, you know, let him know how much uh, they put into it. And they do put a lot of work into trying to get out there on the field each and every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever the case may be, and uh, put out a winning product. And obviously the product has not been there. Uh, I also realized a little bit of that sound. You couldn't really hear Heidi that well. I uh, apologize for that. Uh, sometimes it gets a little loud inside the locker room, and I guess her being a little bit further away from where Vinny was standing, it you know it was hard to pick up. But uh, for the most part, you're able to pick up on what Denzel Perryman had to say, and uh, he wasn't playing, he wasn't active on uh, on Sunday. I know he was working; he had some hip issues going on, and so he was dealing with that. But he before the game went out there and you know gave it a go. You could see him out there. Uh, running some reps and just kind of doing some things that he would normally do, some drills that he would go through, uh, just trying to get loose. And I guess they determined that he wasn't good enough to go. 
on Sunday, so we'll see if he's able to go this Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, 702-365-9200. Who we got up, Demond? Edward in Colorado. Edward, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. Appreciate the um, So I got a lot of concerns, not not just for this season, but the future seasons. Okay. Starting off with, you know, uh, Mark Davis, and I want to know your input on this. For starting off with Mark Davis' um, comments and, I guess, um, with, uh, you know, Rome is not built in a day. Uh, you know, I, I kind of understand that, but at the same time, we're not – we weren't two and three. We were losing. We didn't have a losing record last year, so we have. And to go backwards, that's I don't know. Um, I, I'm fine upon that. Second of all, is like I know this is a sore subject for Raider Nation, but we're, we've been we've been having losing seasons since back since 2002. So are we developing a, a new culture where we're we're okay with you know so far performance? And, and, and lost the just-win mentality. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate your phone was cutting out a little here and there, but I, I for the most part, was able to pick up on uh, what you were saying. As far as what Mark Davis said about Rome was not built, you know, in a day or whatever, I mean, he's not wrong, you know, and I know nobody wants to hear it. I don't want to hear it, right? Nobody wants to hear it. I want to see this team be successful right now. But I also, what I want to see, more than this team be successful right now, I want to see this team be successful for years to come. Like you said, they've been a very mediocre team since 2002. Think about that for a minute. It's been so long, and we could tell you on one hand how many times they've been to the playoffs since 2002. We could tell you on two fingers how many times they've been to the playoffs since 2002. Right? I mean, that's, that's a problem. That is a massive problem. And so that is what Mark Davis wants to avoid. That's what head coach Josh McDaniels talked about earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, that he wants to, yes, he wants to have instant gratification and get to the playoffs right now and make a deep run right now. Yes, he wants to win every game right now. But he also wants to be able to be a sustainable product and know every year, hey, this team is going to be a playoff team each and every year, similar to what they had in New England where – they were. You knew that they were going to be that playoff team each and every year. So we'll get back to that. I'll let you actually hear from head coach Josh McDaniels a little bit later on in the show. Coming up next, we'll kick off hour number three. Austin Gale from The Ringer will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.